You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening. Welcome to episode 106 of the pod. Cody and Melbourne with you. No Casey Abrams for this one. He's feeling a little under the weather, so that's okay. It'll just be the two of us chatting with you on this Monday night as we're recording, making our way through November. And uh, Chad, how's it going, man? You've got a pretty interesting t-shirt on there. That's right. I picked up this uh, Believe in New York, this New York Rangers t-shirt at um, Value Village last weekend for I think it was $2.99 or in and around that price range there. And I actually wore it because uh, I know Casey just hates the Rangers. And so I was expecting to kind of tease him with this shirt today and be like, hey, like, look at me. I'm a big Rangers fan. But, you know, too bad he's not joining us this time. I'll have to get him next time. So that's uh, the story behind <laughs> this shirt here. But other than that, you know, like like things are pretty good, man. It's been, uh, you know, another week of, of hockey and another week of the Maple Leafs. My Maple Leafs doing pretty well. So, like, I can't really complain about what I'm seeing on the ice except for I would like to see some more goals out of the Maple Leafs that's all I'll say but they're winning and they're winning in tight low scoring games which you know those are the the types of wins that translate to the playoffs so I'm I'm pretty happy honestly um Joseph Wool got his first NHL win and his first NHL shutout since yep. we last spoke in his first two games so uh, those things are are amazing as well so yeah overall just like really pleased with the maple leaves and and just life overall but uh but how about you man like how how are things uh been the last week i'm uh, i'm doing good uh this week is uh you know back to normal back into the swing of things i was off all of last week as you know coming off of uh you know being up in toronto with uh with you and Paige and uh and meg there uh last weekend so back into the swing of things and uh yeah man you should be really happy with the leafs right now we won't spend too much time on them because we've got lots to to get to yeah um but uh another thing is, for me is like just how well uh the the combo of Andre Kasha and David Camp have been for the Maple Leafs. I saw a story today just about their emergence and uh turns out they're pretty uh close buddies as well. So um that that's great to see. You should be happy. And uh yeah, I mean for for me, you know, the Sabres played last night as well and uh tough loss against the Rangers, the uh the shirt you've got on yeah. there. Uh they gave up the uh, game winner uh, by the Rangers with 0.4 seconds remaining in regulation. So that was tough to see. But other than that, doing good, man. Well, Harp, wasn't that, and, and I want to touch on Kasha and uh, Camp as well, but wasn't that game the the game where it was like a minute 22 in the game and there were four goals scored between the Sabres and uh and the Rangers like what yeah. that were you watching that like I I didn't see it I saw highlights of it but a minute 22 or something four goals scored 
Yeah, it was it was a shootout, man. And uh, I didn't watch it live, but I saw the highlights and uh, yeah, just absolutely crushed by the the goal with 0.4 seconds remaining in regulation. Yeah, that's brutal. And then and so quickly on Camp and Kasha. Um, yeah. Like so Camp is on a two year deal and he, and he he's in the first year of it. Kasha is on a one year deal. But like, get this guy signed like he is yeah. playing out of his mind. And like, this is the the Kasha that we thought maybe we could get in terms of like production and stuff, but really weren't sure because of his injury history and whatever. So we've seen the Maple Leafs take a few flyers on guys and kind of reach into the bargain bin with guys like, you know, Michael Bunting and Kasha and Camp and Richie even and like. Some of them have hit. I like. I want to say Bunting has hit. Camp has definitely hit, and Kasha is the number one. So, the guy who I didn't include there is Nick Ritchie, and he makes the most out of all of them. So, yeah. I'm looking at next year, and and I'm looking at the cap situation. I think you know Richie is a guy who is who might be disposable, and who knows by the end of the year he might prove me wrong. But if you could sign mm. Kasha to term. Like, uh, you know, to what Richie is signed with, I would be one very happy boy. That's for sure. No, it's that's great to see. Uh, all right, man. Great stuff. And uh, we'll get into uh, the uh, the meat and potatoes of this uh, of this episode, episode 106. So uh, let's start with a little fantasy corner. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go there to start and then a uh, little cap or no cap. And uh, we're going to talk about Connor McDavid and uh, more magic from him last week. And so we'll get to that to uh, to wrap up the episode. So fantasy corner. uh I have to say congratulations to you uh, because you absolutely cleaned my clock uh, last week in fantasy. I think you beat me by close to 50 points uh, in our matchup. And uh, one guy in particular who's slumping right now and, uh, you know, I... I've listened to a couple of podcasts talking about the player maybe being traded out of Minnesota is Kevin Fiala. So again, I'm kind of um, reiterating what I said last week. I've just, I've got a lot of forwards that just aren't doing it for me right now, man. So one in five record. And uh, I am, uh, let's see who I'm up against this week. Uh, I am up against shipping and yandling and they're four and two coming into our matchup this week. So uh, I got to figure it out, man. You definitely do. And shipping and yandling is uh, that's my buddy Remy. He's got a great squad. So I haven't seen the projection between like the two of you for this week, but you're in tough there. Like he's got a good team. So something's got to give like Fiala has to start producing or maybe it's Barzell. That's another guy who was a bit having a bit of a disappointing season. And, and by the way, um, I, I was listening to, I, was, I watch all the LFR videos by Steve Dangle and he had this yep. to say about Barzell. He, he said, when I was watching him the other night playing against the Maple Leafs, I can't believe this guy isn't a point and a half per game. He said something to that effect. And I thought to myself, yeah, like he looks so dangerous on the ice. We know how good he is at entering the zone and leading those entries to scoring chances. He's one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um, and but, but he does that 
but he just hasn't been able to score this year. I think it must be, you know, like maybe it's the last change you mentioned on, uh, you know, the on Instagram, how the Islanders haven't played at home at all yet. And then they played two, their two first games there at their new uh, arena. But yeah, so, so there's a lot of factors, I guess, working against the Islanders who have gotten off to a poor start. But Barzell is, is for sure a guy who needs to pick it up if you're going to have some success in fantasy here. Um, yeah, I, I pumped you last week, Harp. There, there's no, there's no uh, getting around it here. I pumped you. I beat you by 46 and a half points. So it was uh, 186 roughly to 140 roughly. And uh, so it wasn't even close. Sorry about that. But another right. another week and another win for the multiple scoregasms here. I am cruising. And uh, not only... Am I sitting in second place now, still behind Luke's Meatheads, which is ridiculous. I can't believe he's 6-0. and uh, His time has to come soon. Um, but I'm also sitting in first place in total points, which is a, a good sign for me. So as soon as I yeah. get get that record up and at least tie the Meatheads, uh, maybe after this week, you know, we'll both be 6-1-0. and Who knows? I've got a tough matchup. But, uh, you know, at, at least then I'll, I'll get the benefit of the doubt because I'll have more uh you know points for so i'm looking forward to that speaking of my matchup this week though i'm against the back the backus door bandits and that's taylor prosser taylor prosser yeah dude he has a good team as well like i'm just looking at his team and he's got a lot of guys who you might not think like off the bat um you know when you first hear them are like great players but there's a difference between a great player and a great fantasy player. They don't always overlap. So he's got some guys, you know, like a Josh Norris, very underrated fantasy player. Uh, Logan Couture as well, wins a ton of faceoffs and in, is in there all the time. And Gabe Landeskog, very underrated because he hits a ton. Um, and then he also has yep. some typical, you know, superstars who you know are going to put up points and fantasy points like uh Connor McDavid ever heard of him <laughs> we're going to talk about him this episode and also John Carlson on the back end so he's got a good squad mm-hmm. I am projected to beat him right now by about 30 points but as we know these projections like you never know how they're going to turn out so I'm I'm I've got my fingers crossed here I'm looking to to take over Luke's number one spot here in, in the league but uh, yeah, as it sits right now, I'm pretty confident with with my fantasy team, and I think I need a loss maybe to kind of knock me down a peg because <laughs> I'm I'm just cruising right now. Five straight dubs. Nice. There you go. Uh, all right. Looking forward to uh, week seven this week of the Boys in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. Okay, Chadwick. Let's get to cap or no cap. Mm, hold and, on. Uh, but, we'll just... Sorry. Before we do, That's I okay. should I should yeah. mention. Last week, we uh, ran through the top five. So in, in our fantasy league, just before we get away from the fantasy corner. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go and, ahead. Yeah. And so this week, we'll do bottom five. And it's kind of the similar suspects down there. Um, in last place, you've got the mail order brides at 06 and 0. That's Corey. Uh, he's got to pick it up. In 13th place, second last, we've got the Arizona Blackhawks, and that's my brother-in-law Cameron, who couldn't beat the Meatheads last week, so that was too bad. Uh, In 12th place, third last, we've got the 2021 Pepsi Cup scoring champ, and that's you, my friend, Mr. Harper Cody. In 11th, fourth last place, we've got the Hornytown Only Fans, 1-5-0, same record as you, a few more uh, total points, and that's Brandon Irving. And then in the 10th spot, so 
fifth last. We've got Barkov's Beauties, and that's uh, Luke Vanderbaren LVB with a record of 2-4-0. So that's the bottom five. Again, we'll keep alternating. Next week, we'll do the top five. Week after that, we'll do the bottom just to kind of keep it fresh and to update you guys on the league. So, okay, go ahead, Harp. Sorry, with Cap or no Cap, just wanted to make sure we get that out there. No, perfect. I forgot. Uh, that's how we're wrapping that up. So, no, that that's great, Chad. Um, okay, Cap or no Cap. So... You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap, this shit bussin'. So, uh, look, and, and, and I want to focus on the Vancouver Canucks because they're struggling 6-11-2 in 19 games to start the season, 7th in the Pacific. So, cap or no cap? Jim Benning and Travis Green, GM and coach, uh, will be out of the Canucks organization by the end of the season. Cap or no cap, Chad? I'm going to I'm going to give you a hard cap on that one. I don't think that they will be out of the organization by the end of the season. And this is only because I can't remember the last time the Vancouver Canucks made a GM or coaching change in the middle of the season. So Jim Banning has been there since I want to say 2012. Uh, I could be wrong. It's in and around that year. Like he's been there a long time. Um, And, and if we're talking about coaching changes, like I don't, I can't remember. And I was listening to, I forget which podcast I was listening to, but it was brought up as well that like they, they don't change coaches in the middle of the season. And so that's why I'm saying cap. But if you want my opinion, I think they should change both the coach and the GM. And I think that's fair to say because they've been abysmal this season, but they have so much talent. And it's just so frustrating because you look at their top six and there aren't many better top sixes in the NHL. You look at their back end and it's like, eh, you know, it could be better. Like, I'm not sure about the OEL signing. He hasn't looked great this year or trade rather. Um, yeah. And, and then you look at their goaltending. And again, it's like one of the better tandems in, in the NHL. And, it, and really, it's not even a tandem because Thatcher Demko is is probably going to make the, the U.S. Olympic team. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. He's been phenomenal this year, but he hasn't got much support. So like you look at that team and you're like, they should not be in in the basement of a shitty Pacific division. They should be at the top. Like, no, seriously, like they're a good enough team. But yeah, you look at the coaching. Well, first of all, it, it, it all goes back to Jim Benning, the GM. There have been like chance, you know, fire Benning at the games and like, you know, rightfully so. You haven't been able to bring this team uh, into the playoffs and do anything of significance in the playoffs since 2011 when they made the cup final and lost to the Bruins um and that's you know that's 10 years ago now so when you've been at the helm for that long and you haven't had any success the fans are going to want something more so so that's the GM but then it also comes down to coaching right and one of the the main things I see and and whether this is a GM thing or a coaching thing or both I think it probably has to do with a little bit of both is that they don't have any defensemen who can generate offense aside from the obvious Quinn Hughes. So yeah. you, you look at Elias Pettersson this year, and I was looking at a stat the other day. Um, I believe it was posted by Talking Hockey on uh, Instagram. And it, Elias Pettersson's 
chances on the breakout. So this is exiting their zone. They showed the defensemen who are passing him the puck and their zone exit abilities. And the only one who has a positive zone exit ability essentially is Quinn Hughes. So that's the problem. They can't like move the puck up ice to their good players quickly enough. And then they just aren't good off the rush. Like they're one of the worst rush teams in the NHL, which is ridiculous because look at the players they have. They've got young, fast, skilled, talented players but it just hasn't been working. So in this holy in this whole long-winded answer here, I, I want to say that I don't think they will be out by the end of the year, but I really think they should be. Yes, and and I agree with you 100%. And Pedersen is the one guy, right, who, you know, his play so far this season is concerning. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder, watching him... Um, has the message been lost from his head coach and would Patterson benefit from a new bench boss in Vancouver? And uh, yeah, it's, it's surprising, man. I mean, who would have thought after 19 games that they would be sitting three points above the Seattle Kraken in the basement of the Pacific division, which as you have uh, pointed out is a pretty wide open division after you get past Vegas, Edmonton, and you could even argue Calgary with yeah. how they're playing right now. Um, so I agree with you. That's a good point to bring up that if you go through like the Canucks track record, they wait till the off season to make those big management and coaching changes. But man, that's a demanding market like Toronto. And um, I could certainly see a change here very soon. Yeah. Uh, if they uh, if if they don't turn this around, and by the way, too, their last game one nothing loss to Chicago. I mean that was a great effort, and Mark Andre Fleury was just Mark Andre Fleury. Like they threw everything at him, but the results need to need to be there, man. At, yeah. at this point, you're six eleven and two in nineteen games. You know, oh, it was a good effort tonight, but we didn't get the result. That's not cutting it anymore with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, well, like the thing is, and we've talked about so many teams in the league who kind of have this same strategy. If the Canucks are going to be good, it's going to be on the back of their goaltender. And like Thatcher Demko has been nothing less than sensational for most of the year this year, and they're still not winning. So that's extremely concerning. Um, and, and like, I, I just want to talk about this division quickly as well before we move on. It's, and sure. it's like, you know, y- y- you look at this team and they're sitting in second last in the division and on- the only team behind them is the Seattle Kraken. Like you mentioned the Seattle Kraken, first of all, I think both of these teams could still make the playoffs and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like Anaheim's been on a heater. LA has been hot San Jose, mm-hmm. like all, all three of those teams, I don't think are playoff teams, but they've been playing well. Whereas like Vancouver yep. and, and Seattle, I still do think are playoff teams. Um, the, the difference between the two is that, like I said, Demko has been playing phenomenal pretty much all year. Like there, there was a lapse of maybe three, four games, um, you know, where he wasn't fantastic, but like, he can't win every game for you, right? Um, no. <laughs> but then Seattle, Grubauer, and Drieger have both been abysmal. And actually, I was looking today on moneypuck.com and my favorite stat, goal saved above expected. Philip Grubauer is dead last in the entire NHL. 
he's allowed roughly 15 goals more than an average goalie would. And so that is ridiculous. And so that's why I think that Seattle still has a chance. Um, and, and maybe even better than Vancouver, like if they start to, to turn it up. But like I said, yeah. the most concerning thing about Vancouver is that they are getting the goaltending. They just aren't able to generate offense um, sustainably. Yeah, Demko is just not getting the help in front of him. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, I liked your answer again to the cap or no cap question. But again, I think uh, it could be before the offseason uh, for for changes if they don't turn this around. All right, let's move on to, uh, to Connor McDavid uh, before we wrap up. And man, like we talked about that goal a couple of weeks ago against the New York Rangers. Goes through four guys. The great quotes after the game a couple weeks later he does it again and this time uh it's the winnipeg jets who are the victim and like the goals were so similar like it's just it is unbelievable watching this guy and and how good he is and what he can do um and you know the Oilers look like they're the real deal this this year as well, which is really important with McDavid and Drysaddle. But uh, but focusing on McDavid, and so just with what he's accomplished already, with what he's doing right now, and what he's going to accomplish in his career, um, if he were to retire today, where does he rank all time for you, Chad? That's the question we want to we want to ask here. It's such a good question, um, but it's such a loaded question because it's it is it, like we have we have no idea, you know, how to reconcile those two things like I- incredible production. But if he were to retire today, you know, he wouldn't have played very many games. So it's 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 just so tough to say, but I want to start out this this whole conversation on Connor McDavid first of all by saying that the guy is is ridiculous as you mentioned. Just just ridiculous. Like we haven't seen scoring like this in, in so long. Like since Lemieux days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like since the 90s. Like it's that crazy. Um so yeah, and, and so I want to start out by saying that I think it was 2 weeks ago maybe three weeks ago where uh you mentioned it on cap or no cap there's a question and you said or you said for the statement for cap or no cap Connor mcdavid's goal where he went through the four guys and and scored um against the rangers the shirt i'm wearing (laughs) will be the best goal of the season and i think it was casey who said uh no like that's cap because if anyone's going to top that goal, it's going to be Connor McDavid himself with another highlight real goal. And then, like you said, he went and did it again, like essentially the same goal. I think he went through three guys this time, but man, the guy is just ridiculous. Like we, like I said, we haven't seen scoring like this since the nineties. So McDavid has played 424 games in the NHL, uh, in the regular season. He has 606 points. Okay. Jeez. That's first of all ridiculous. Um but I wanted to talk about his points per game right now cuz we're talking about the whole, you know, ranking him all time. First of all, like I said off the top, it's impossible to do because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, the sample size sure it's it's, you know, around 500 games under that. 
but it's still not enough compared to, you know, your Gretzky's, Lemieux's, and, you know, Bossy, Bobby Orr, etc. So, um, right now, McDavid ranks fourth all time in the NHL in terms of points per game. He has 1.429 points per game. And the three guys above him, well, number one, you know, is Wayne Gretzky at 1.921. Mm-hmm. Number two is Mario Lemieux, who, which I think we could have uh, guessed that as well. Mario was plagued by injury, obviously, and, and cancer as well, which caused him to miss a ton of games. But he was so good, sitting at 1.883 points per game. Uh, number three actually surprised me a bit. I thought it might be, um, you know, a, a Guy Lafleur or, uh, you know, Mr. Hockey. But I guess with Mr. Hockey, uh, you know, Gordy Howe, he played so many games. So I guess his points per game was just down a bit. But Mike Bossy at number three with 1.497. And then it's Connor McDavid at number four all time. And yes, I understand that his production will likely taper off as he gets older. Um, but like I'm looking at this list, man, and number seven is Sidney Crosby. Uh, which is also ridiculous, by the way, 1.271 points per game. So McDavid, needless to say, is in terrific company on this list in terms of points per game and in terms of overall points as well. Like 600 points, 600 plus points in in the NHL is nothing to scoff at, even if you play a thousand games, you know what I mean? And and he's done this in less than 500. So it's, uh, it's just ridiculous i'm not going to give you a number now i want to talk about it a bit more but so like what are your thoughts on mcdavid's production and and where would you place him in uh, the overall i i mean like fourth all time and in points per game right now is just so impressive and i think like it's either top three or top five all time for me like right now i would even go like gretzky one lemieux two mcdavid three like there you go like you could even you could even do that he has 150 points in his last 82 games i saw that last week 17 uh 17 game point streak and uh so he's got a point in every single oilers game this season i mean that that's no surprise but uh i just i've never and i know like just lemieux and gretzky and everything like those guys were sort of out of out of our era for for the big chunk of of their careers but i just i have never i've never seen someone skate so fast and have the hands that that Connor McDavid does and and so and he's scoring more goals by the way as yes. well I think that I know that was a big thing for him in the offseason to work on his shot his release uh and all of that as well like this guy can just do everything and um yeah I, I can't give you an exact number but I mean if I were to just roughly kind of you know spitball it to you know top three or or top five for sure i mean this guy is is a once in a in a lifetime talent and uh it's it's a pleasure to watch yeah i i mean i think this conversation starts with well who's better all time yeah and and i think we can agree gretzky and lemieux right now are there those are the two who right now, like if Connor were to retire, I'm sorry, but you don't have near like two points per game. You're not Wayne Gretzky. You're not Mario Lemieux. 
If you take mm-hmm. away all of Wayne's goals, he still has more points than the second place player all time. One stat that I think separates Gretzky from from everyone, and I truly don't think we will see this again, is the 50 and 39. Yes. 50 goals and 39 yeah. games. Like, just... Yeah, it blows your mind. I mean, you look at the greatest goal scorers, and I think it's a matter of when Alex Ovechkin will break the all time goals record. Yeah. But 50 goals in 39 games. I don't think we'll ever see that again. And so if you want to pick out individual stats, I think that is what separates Gretzky for me. Obviously, Lemieux and his ridiculous point totals. Um, But off the top of my head, man, those would be the only two guys that are better than this guy. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think there is a fantastic argument for Sidney Crosby to be number three all time. So I think right now mm-hmm. it would be safe to say if Crosby retired today, you know, with his three Stanley Cups, uh, World Juniors, uh, Olympics, you know, the Golden Goal. Um, 1.271 points per game over his entire career. All of that, the the uh, Rocket Richard, Art Ross, Hart yeah. Trophy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it would be a stretch to say that Sidney Crosby is the third best player to ever play the game and put Wayne, then Mario, then him. And yep. so in this conversation of Connor McDavid, I want to just give a lot of credit to Sidney Crosby and and make the argument that maybe if he were to retire today, Crosby still has to be ahead of, of Connor all time. And so let me do that mm-hmm. quickly. Now, the first point I want to make is that through their first, um, or, or to score their first 500 points, they did it in exactly the same amount of games and Crosby, That's right. and Crosby had more goals. But what's crazy about Connor is that to get from 500 to 600, it took him 52 games. 52 games. Like yep. that or, or just my, just over just over uh, half, half of a regular season. And so that is that's ridiculous, right? Like that is absolutely ridiculous. But second point, comparing the two, I want to I want to say and I saw this the other day on Instagram somewhere. I can't remember exactly who, but um you know, they brought it to my attention, something that I forgot about. Um and by the way, speaking of forgetting, I think people um, our age, or especially people younger than us, forget how good Sidney Crosby was when he first broke into the league. Like him and yes. Ovechkin were both ridiculous, and Crosby came into the league and and started scoring at a rapid pace and hasn't looked back. But what I wanted to say about about Sid and and comparing him to Connor is that I saw this on Instagram the other day. Like I said, I couldn't remember exactly where it was from, but Sid missed a lot of games between the ages of 23 and 25. And so right now we are just marveling at Connor McDavid and how good he is. Um, you know, as, as a 25 year old, I believe he's 25 right now, might be 26. He's in and around there. I think he's 25, right? I think yeah, he's 25. 97. Yep. Yeah. So yep. our age. Yeah. So anyway, point is people are marveling at how good Connor is right now. And, and as you should, he's incredible. But people forget, first off, how good Sid was in his prime. And secondly, that he actually had to miss a lot of his prime due to concussions. So 
like that's something I want to bring up because he was he was so special and and I think a lot of people are quick to say well you know McDavid now is producing at a higher rate than Crosby is all time and that's what we brought up at the start like we said McDavid right now is fourth all time in points per game and and Crosby is seventh Mm -hmm. but I think we have to remember those two things Crosby was ridiculous people forget also he missed a ton of time in his prime and the third thing that we have to remember is by the time Sid was 25, he had already won one Stanley Cup and then went on to win two more. Yep. And he had also scored the golden goal in the Olympics. Now, it's no in fault. 2010. That's yeah. right. And it's no fault of, of Connor. He hasn't been able to play in the Olympics yet. But I think when you're talking about the best player all time, the best players all time, like on this list, it has to be a bit more than individual statistics because i think there is something to be said about a player willing his team to win the stanley cup or other I- incredible feats as well yeah no and, and and i'm with you and uh i'm i'm actually going to you know change kind of my side of things a little bit and and put crosby ahead of mcdavid and i think the 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 stanley cups in particular is is what does it i mean i you know McDavid has to to win a, a Stanley Cup at, at some point, and you know Edmonton is certainly taking a step this year. We don't know if it's going to be this season, but he is going to win a Stanley Cup at some point. But yeah, I mean Crosby has three. He has the both the personal and the team accomplishments behind him, and he may not have like McDavid is going to end up with more career points than Sidney Crosby. That's very clear. But when you're talking about the perfect all-around player in hockey, I mean, what a model Sidney Crosby is. That's for sure. And, and I assume you're talking about defense as well. That's something that Connor, I think, gets a lot of hate for, that he can't play defense. He's always kind of cheating, you know, offensively and whatever. But he's gotten a lot that better part of this it, year. That that part of his game is still improving. I mean, Definitely. there's no question about it. Yes. And, and we are seeing him be more physical, for example. That's right. And, and I think he's gotten better at that this year, you know, quite I think frankly. so too. So it, it's yep. definitely improving, but like just going back to, to Crosby and then I'll wrap up by, I guess, giving like my top five all time and we'll see where these guys place um, sure. definitively. And then, you know, maybe we could even post it and people can critique me. Um, or, or whatever, but um, I, I just want—I wanted to say that, like, if you were to design a career in the NHL, like, if you were to to play the very best, be a pro, you know, in NHL 22, like, if you were to <laughs> think of what is the perfect career, I don't think it gets any better than Sidney Crosby's. So, yes, like, not only has like you mentioned, he has the individual achievements, but he also has the team achievements, the uh, achievements on the world stage. Um, he got to play with one of his idols growing up, Mario Lemieux. Um, and like, it's just, he, he plays a defensive game as well. He's able to do it in everywhere. Um, he was the face of the NHL for the longest time. And I think still is like, if you ask anybody in Canada, who is Sidney Crosby, they're going to know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, there's just so many other things. So I think if you were to model, like a, like if you were to think of what is the best career anyone could have in the NHL, like, of course you say like Wayne Gretzky too. Right. Because like 
you know, yeah. he has it all as well. You know, most points ever and, and the cups and whatever. But if we're talking post-salary cap era, because that's something we have to consider too when talking about these points, yep. um, Sidney Crosby takes the cake for the best, the best career, I think, all time. And it's still going on. And so with all that said, my top five looks like this. Gretzky, number one. Lemieux, number two. Crosby, number three. Um, McDavid number four, if he were to retire today. Yes. And number five, I'll say Bobby Orr because we need to get a defenseman in there. There are a ton of other great forwards as well. But if, if we're talking about Bobby Orr's production, like it's just on another planet for defensemen. So we'll, we'll throw him in there as well. Yeah, man, I, I like that top five. I, I really do. And uh, I, th- I think we're, we're both in, in agreement uh, for sure. Um, the, the, one more thing I'll say about Crosby is, as well. Like when you're looking at the body that you want as a hockey player, yeah. I mean, he's right at the top for me. You know, he's not very tall, but he's wide. He's thick. He's got the big legs like that is what you want to look like Sidney Crosby yeah. if you're a hockey player and just the strength and, and everything. And, you know, um, not to take anything away from, you know, the other four in that top five, but just I, I look at uh, the shape that Crosby is in. And that's another big thing that sticks out uh, uh, to me as well. And, uh, you know, and, and credit to him for, that, that's a big part of why he's been so successful in his career. But yeah, I, I very much like that top five. It, it, is a, it is a special, special group of men that have played this game. Definitely. Alrighty. Well, uh, good stuff, Chad. Uh, looking forward to getting Casey back next week for episode 107. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this one, and we will talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.